Welcome to the Fowler's Roost Podcast, a hunting and fishing talk show bringing you professional outdoor guiding adventures, trending news, product reviews, and tips from industry experts. So take a load off, settle in, and stay a while with your host, professional hunting and fishing guide and lifelong outdoorsman, Captain Jay Barnes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number six of the Fowler's Roost podcast titled Bow Fishing Cayuga Lake. Sit back and listen to two of the most weathered captains in the industry discuss best time frames, best locations, and what gear, gadgets, and boats that will put you on the top of your game. The Fowler's Roost podcast is brought to you by Professor Duck Waterfall Identification Series. The wing tells the story. Get your copy or download today at duckidtraining.com. The Fowler's Roost Lodge. For accommodations and lodging in the Finger Lakes, visit thefowlersroost.com. SNS Gun Sales. For your one-stop shop of firearms, ammunition in the Finger Lakes region and central New York, visit them at snsgunsales.com. I'd like to introduce a great friend of mine to the show, Captain Glenn Cummings. Hey, Big Jay. How are you, Glenny? Thanks for having me on the show today. Good to see you, Captain Glenn. Glad to have you here. We want to know a little bit about Captain Glenn and, and, and what you bring to the table here for us at Frontenac Fowlers. I, I know you are an absolute stellar captain, and you put the guys on the fish. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's really high. Yeah, it's, we have a very good success. We rate. have a very good success ratio when it comes to uh, comes to sticking the fish in the summertime and yeah, those big carp. Tell us, uh, I, I mean, th- there's quite a there's quite a history uh, behind your family uh, and and where you come from, uh, being a you know a, a member of the community here and growing up in Cuga. I, I think you're uh, about fourth generation or. I would say something like that, right? Fourth generation. Yeah. um, Moved to the village of Cuga on the lake in my grandfather's house. I was four years old, 1969. We would fish from about age four or five for sunfish and bluegills off the dock, graduating to largemouth and bullheads and fish year round from ice out. Uh, When the fishing was done, we started hunting. Started hunting when I was uh, about 13, 14 years old with my dad. Uh, like I said, I'm fourth generation. My my great grandfather uh, owned a guide service down there, and he um, right there in Cuba. Right there in Cuba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's got to be in about what in the forties, early forties, early forties. Yeah. yeah, early forties. Um, he did a lot of things down there on the lake. One of the things he did is uh, cut flag and sell it. That was part of his income. Oh yeah, the big marsh that we yeah. troll by uh, on yeah. on the nightly down there on the north yep. end fishing for uh, carp. Yeah, he, yeah. He would um, take and cut the uh, flag and and peel it and sell it on the market. And that was part of the way he fed himself. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Boy, to be alive back then, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Different times. Different times. That's no joke. That's uh, you know that that's that's pretty cool coming from a, a you know a, a background like that with the you know being fourth generation removed from somebody that guided and hunted and fished for a living and now uh, you're retired corrections right you work yep. in corrections for yeah, retired out of corrections for that 27 year service yep. with them and uh, I went out and got my captain's license um, 
when I after I retired, and uh, it was something I always wanted to do. It's uh, a lot of fun helping you uh, run charters. I met a lot of great people. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's it, you're talking about you know our our history. You know, we we've hunted and and fished together for a great number of years. Yes. And, um, you and I got, I think you and I got started mainly in the duck hunting world. Yes. And, uh, you know, you, you had kind of seen where I was headed in, in, in my career when I ended my 20 year surveying career and made the jump and walked away and, and started guiding full time. It, it was, uh, I, I don't think you, you had much interest in, in the duck hunting end of guiding things because you, you always said that, you know, you and you and Daniel, your son, who is also one of our guides here yes. at Brown Neck Fowlers, um, you know, fifth generation, yep. <laughs> uh, which is pretty awesome. Yep. You know, yeah. Uh, so it was one of those things where you were like, well, you know, I, I'm looking for something to do when I retire. And, and that's when I, and that's when I poked right up and said, well, why don't you come help us out? You know, and he's like, well, what have I got to do? I said, well, you got to have your captain's license, you know, and I, I've, I've said that to, uh, to a couple people, you know, we've got, uh, there's five or six of us, maybe seven of us, the guys that guide for me and right. three of them, three of them now are, are captains. Yep. And, uh, you know, there, there was only a couple of guys that were real serious about, uh, you know, doing what we do and doing it at the level that we do it at, at front neck followers, you know, and, uh, one of those guys is Al Parsons, you know, popcorn. Yep. <laughs> He, uh, he, he, he got the snow goose bug, you know, and, and Al runs our snow goose operation for us. And, and, um, you know, he, he was one of those guys that come in and said, uh, Hey, what have I got to do to do this every day with you? You know, you know what I mean? I says, go get your license. Three months later, three months later, he comes walking in the door of the lodge. He goes, look what I can do. And shows me his guide card. Yep. I said, well, how about that? You know? And, uh, Sure enough, I, uh, you know, you and I through conversation, we, you know, you said, Hey, you know, what, what do I got to do to do this for real with you? And, uh, I retired in December and was in uh, captain school in January. In January. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it, it's, it's nice to know. And, and I, I want the listeners to know how serious, you know, my guys that are with me that help me out really are, you know what I mean? You, you guys are, are hardcore your everyday guys that are on the water every day, especially you on the water. Um, you know, when it comes to the duck hunting, uh, you know, I've got, I've got Al, we've got Eric, we got Tommy, you know, we, we've got a lot of guys from that North end, that old nostalgic North end to Cuga Lake duck hunting, uh, you know, that, that bring that knowledge and wisdom and years of experience to the table. And that's what we want our listeners to know. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice to have guys uh, along my side that are as serious and as hardcore as I am about it. You know what I mean? It takes a, a lot to uh, uh, get your, you know, captain's license and it, it's, uh, it's 80, quite hour, an, 80 hours of coursework. It's an undertaking, but it, it's essential, you know, to have knowledge of the water and, uh, and where to go and how to do it safely. Right. You know, we, we run a, a, a very, very uh, tight ship, if you will. No, um, pun, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, safety aspects and, and, you know, being careful, reading weather systems. Um, you know, there's some nights that 
it's not safe to go and we don't go right uh, but when the weather is conducive to going you know we can't wait to go i know it, it's a uh, and, and the nice the nice part that uh, uh or i should say one of the one of the best things that I, that I like about you and what you bring to the table for our, our bow fishermen is you're you're out there on your own time off scouting and looking where the clear water is looking where we can hunt you're looking where we can stick the fish you right. know what i mean and 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 you're right. you're out you're out there and it might not be just at nine o'clock at night I'll, I'll get a phone i'll get a phone call i'll be i'll be on a trip on a wednesday night and you'll be off and next thing i know i get a phone call i'll be like Hey, where are you at? Well, I'm, I'm running down here by the gully point, you know, right. uh, well, you ought to be up here on the North end. I'm scouting right now. And there's a pile of fish up here. He yep. said, you know, cause you're looking for the next two or three nights, yep. you know, we, we might be doubled or tripled up. Uh, number three boat runs a Wasco, you know, Eric, he, uh, Grossbeck, he runs our number three boat. Um, and you and I are on the one and two boats and, and we're, we're doubled up three, four, sometimes five nights a week in June. I mean, <clears throat> We preload June, um, you know, if, if we, we want to roll the conversation right over into, you know, our, our the best time frames and the best places to fish and whatnot, uh, you know, June, I would have to say May and June is, is absolutely the best of the best because you get the biggest fish. Right. You get the biggest fish. You have the most fish. You get the most opportunities. Most opportunities. You're, That's right. You're into the spawn. Um, you know, the fish are stacked. Uh, in shallow water um backs out of the water backs out of water you know yeah uh, makes for easy you know, shooting right and and it's not uncommon to, to find a pot of 10 to 15 fish that are right together you know doing the spawn uh thing and you know it's super exciting uh <laughs> yeah how about well, those how about those flooded river trips during the daytime oh is that man. like shooting them in a barrel or what no pun intended and yes. no and no pun intended <laughs> i know it, it's 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 super cool you know get right up there down by the refuge of course everybody knows where to go that's no secret right. it's not rocket science it's, not it's rocket a, science that's where they go to have the equipment <laughs> that's right and uh you know one of the one of the biggest assets that we have in our arsenal um outside of the bows and arrows and reels and stuff that we use and you can i'd like to reference you know episode number five with rick Steele when it comes to the arrows and tips and and you know reels and lines and stuff that we use as far as equipment goes there check out episode five for that but we're talking today about the the boat the gator tracks mud boat with the surface drive mud buddy 50 horse would reverse on it what an absolute tool that boat is I, I can't say it enough there's no place you can't go with it <laughs> yeah yeah if you got fluid water under you right. you're you're good to go and, six and inches of water we're going we're going <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there, and there's places i mean you know when you got a barrel full of full of fish and you got four guys on the boat you know that that boat handles four four men and the captain as you well know you run it every day yep. but you know it, when you're when you're heavy down like that you, you got to have fluid water under you when, yep. when you're just moving through and you're just getting started and you're not as heavy, you can push pole around some of those yes. areas too, and really pin those fish in a pocket and yep. you can shoot the heck out of them. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it is absolutely awesome. It, it's not uncommon to 35, 40 fish. Um, in a shoot. In a shoot. Yeah. 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 You're talking a four hour charter. Yeah. And, and you'll shoot the 150 arrows. Yeah. Uh, 
your fingers will be tired. You know, speaking of uh, a little, just a, a little story. I know, you know, we have several people on the boat, you know, and, um, and you, and you get all kinds of, you get all kinds of people. That's something else I want to talk about oh, too. Yeah. But so, you know, talking about stories, we had a woman get on the boat one night and she's talking about, I shoot 300 arrows a night. This ought to be easy. This is, this will be a piece of cake. She goes, I'll be able to withstand the full four hours. I says, I'll bet you 20 bucks. <laughs> You're at three and a half hours, your fingers are going to be bleeding and you'll be sitting back here chewing my ear because you'll be tired and you won't be able to stand up on the deck. I'll make it to four hours. Oh, no, no, no. I'll make it. I'll make it. I said, okay. Well, three and a half hours into the trip, I had company on the back seat of the boat when I was driving. Your fingers blistered right up, sore shoulder. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's the that's the time frame that May June time frame when the spawn is on and you got the the most opportunity at, at some of the biggest fish you're right. gonna see throughout the season is uh that's that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's wild. You put a an arrow in a thirty pound fish and hang on. Yeah, yeah. Turn it, the boat right around. It's twenty four foot turn. boat, eight foot wide, thirty inches deep. Spin it right around on a dime. Yep. And take off with yep. it. If you can hold the rope in your hands without getting cut, it'll yep. it'll tow the boat. It'll tow the boat, and I, and I can you know I can remember our our best night out there. This is probably five or six years ago now. I mean, it's we do so many trips to kind of all run together, but this one in particular really sticks in in my mind. Um, put four fish on board that were over forty pounds and and incredible our biggest our biggest fish to date on board is is 48 pounds uh that particular night we did two two fish in the 41 pound class one was 41 one was 41 and a half yep. the biggest one was 48 and the the smallest of the 40s was exactly 40 pounds right and and we and we said we had those four fish on boat on board it within the first hour and we said, okay, look at stop shooting little fish. We're not going to shoot a fish right. that's under 35 no. pounds. No. And we ended up with 15 fish on board that night and they were all above 35 pounds. It was absolutely incredible to see the, 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 ab, the, the girth and length on some of those fish. The, it the was quality crazy. The the quality. Was amazing. Amazing. Speaking of quality, we've got some really good customers that come and fish with us. I mean, some of the best. And you've got them from the novice all the way up to, you know, fa families with kids. You've got grandparents. You've got, uh, you know, somebody that's never fished before all the way up to somebody that comes and fishes and returns like, you know, Max Kruger fishes five or six or seven times with us a yes. year. And, and uh, you know, he's our high score He's our he, high fish man for the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twice. And I mean, we we get them all the way from professional football players. I've had two professional football players. By the way, both had Super Bowl rings. <laughs> yeah, impressive. Impressive. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. And uh, great, great fellas. I and fished. Boy, they were huge. I fished <laughs> with somebody. Yeah, they're big boys. A professional football player. I think I'm big. They make me look tiny. I like fishing with them guys. I look good. <laughs> but i mean i fished with some of the bass bass elite guys you know we, we've uh we've had the bass elite guys in at the fowler's roost up there you know at the cabin and and uh 
some of the guys that DQ'd out of the out of the bass tournament, they could get on the lake at night without without yep. being in violation. And they wanted to bow fish with us. And, yep. and I'll tell you what, we had a we had an absolute riot. Just great, great people. Speaking of riots, people come, they always have fun. Oh, I mean, it is a great, great time. They 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 laugh and they they joke and they bust each other's chops. Yeah, yep. One of them misses, and it, it is a great time. Uh, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I mean, when you've got you know, we offer the barbecue dinner you know beforehand at yep. the lodge. And, you know, they shoot from nine to one at night and they get done. They go back to the lodge, shoot some pool, play some cards, have a couple of drinks. You know what I mean? It's, it's really a nice package and it's an affordable package for them. You know what I mean? It's, it's for under 200 bucks. You got the full experience, you know, and uh, we guarantee shooting. We don't guarantee that you hit them, but we guarantee shooting. You, you will shoot at fish when you come and fish with us. That, that, that right. we put that forward for sure um but you know let's talk a little bit about you know we got into the main time frames but how about that transition period you know from the transition when the when they they transition from the spawn right. you know what they i mean go into a post spawn you know they're done spawning and um they tend to want to move to uh deeper water um cooler water uh, and it's usually about a two-week period in the, in the post-spawn that um, the fish are what I'd call scattered. They're not gone, but they're just a little scattered. Um, later on, uh, after the spawn, three weeks, they start to um, school back up again. Uh, you're going to start finding your pods. Uh, quite often you find your larger fish in these pods, uh, you know, whether they're in there feeding or they found themselves a spring hole where uh, there's springs all along the lake shore, both sides. Yeah. Both, uh, both east and west east side. side. I mean, they, they don't, they don't call this where, where I live union springs for nothing. I mean, it, this place is absolutely loaded with them. Right. And that, that's one of the, that's one of the big things that as much time as, as we spend on the water here at Frontenac Fowler's, we have learned those spots because we are out there nightly. So it yes. gets hot, that real heat of the summertime. Yep. And, and you'll see, you'll see guys that are poking around and they don't really know where to go. And, and we've got a few key spots, you know, that, that we have learned over the years right. and marked on the GPS, you know, and, and you go to those spots when everything else is just not happening and it's, it's super hot. If you can find those fish on those spring pockets, you can destroy them. Yes. You, you can really get after them good. And, right. and, you know, we've got a lot of pressure here on, on Cuga Lake. It, it's, it's like everything else that, that goes on. You know, the, the duck hunting pressure around here is absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, we're talking about the fishing and we're telling people about it. Yeah, you know, I want people to have a good time. The, the fishing to me is a lot different than the duck hunting. Yes. I hold a lot of things close to the mm-hmm. best when it comes to the duck world. But the fishing, just get out there and get after it. You know what I mean? Right. So the, the competition uh, that's on the lake doesn't, they don't really affect the fish too bad. You know, there'll be a couple, three or four nights out there where there'll be six or eight boats running out there. And, yeah. and, and, it, and it does get tough. The fish start 
skating in front of the boat a little bit and pushing on the lights and whatnot. But for the most part, you know, the, the fish around here are pretty decent. I would say there's, there's only a few nights you run into that where they're trying to run the lights. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and we don't, even though we're guiding every night, we're not out there shooting, you know, the customers just don't put 60, 70 fish in the boat in four hours. Like these guys that are hunting from nine at night till six in the morning and, and they're right. filling a 16 foot boat with car. Right. We're not out there doing that. The average shoot is like nine or 10 fish. I think, right. you know, you'll right. get your guys on the high end. Like, uh, I know my good friend, Ed Drake from D and D baits down there and, and Dryden, they come, his group is his group averages anywhere from 20 to 28 fish a night. Right. Those guys are shooters. Yeah, they're pretty Max good. Kruger. Yeah. yeah Max's crew. He, he's, a, he, he's sure. in a low thirties sometimes if, if, exactly. if it's, you know, depending on what right. time of year it is. Right. Um, but very experienced it'll come five times a year yeah and been with us for three or four years yeah well maybe even longer than that maybe i think six or seven years that max has been with us right from day one i think pretty sure but so you, you know that that transition period that we run into um i i know that some of the tips and tactics that i'd like to talk about as far as uh where to without giving up some of those spring hole spots you know what i mean but uh you know you, you you're fishing later on in august you're fishing along the rock shoals Right. And the sun, the sun hits those rock shoals during the day, warms them up. And those fish, those they, the denizens of the deep, yep. you know, they come up out of the deep water and they move into those shallows to feed along some of the weed beds and the scum right. lines on the rocks yeah. and whatnot, you know. Um, and, and we're fishing 10 miles, 10, 11, 12 miles some nights so south much. of the south of right. our port, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I know you have a tendency to stay to the north end most of the year and, and you really utilize that mud boat um we've got a, a number three boat coming into service this year which uh i think both you and i will both play with this year that's uh, another another big sea arc another big deep boat right. um you know handles quite a few people you know we can run up to six people on that yes. boat but and the big boat's the same way the big 24 footer you know I, I can i can shoot six people on that boat easy um so, you know, that, again, getting back to that transition period in the later in the summer, those fish go to those rock shoals and whatnot, and, and we'll be 10, 12 miles away from home. Right. But I know there's some of those nights, even into September, when I'm typically, I, I'm off the water in September uh, in the carp world, and, and I'm in the, I'm in the goose boat. Um, right. You know, or, or in, in the duck boat, and I'm hunting September geese. We do, we do a, uh, I'll, as you well know, one of my big fortes is, is big, big open water goose hunting, right. big rigging, you know, 100, 120, 150 floaters, sometimes 200, depends if I got my hand carved wide boards out there. Um, but I know you have a tendency to stay on some larger fish larger. in yeah. September. Yeah. Uh, September you're... can be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, when you get a warm September, um, the fish you're going to find them same place you did in june right and those those bigger and fish come back in they they do late i wonder you know i i don't know a lot of the science about you know the, the carp and what they do and i maybe we should i don't know but that's that's i'm not a fisheries guy i leave that stuff up to justin you know justin's a fisheries guy but uh um you know majored in some of that stuff and knows a lot more about the the science side of that but uh you know those fish are coming back in to establish maybe where they're going to spawn in the spring you know what i mean and 
could be back in their be, feet. Uh, it could be they are are trying to uh, bulk up a little bit uh, going into the fall uh, and uh, to put on a little extra weight if they can. Um, but you're going to find them in a weed bed. You're going to find them um, tucked up sometimes on the marshes. Sure. Uh, but you got to look for them. Right. I guess the advice I would give somebody is do your homework. Um, find out if you got clear water. You got clear water. You can see fish, and and go on out and see if they're there. Yeah, right, right. Scout it, scout right. it during scouting, the day. Scouting is important. Yeah, and I, I, I try to scout year round. I know I do a lot of what's what's called parole evidence, and that and that's a term that's terminology from my old surveying days. Right. Um, parole evidence is talking talking to the neighbors, you know, saying, "Hey, how you know how long has this survey pipe been there, or whatever?" You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Well, parole evidence in the fishing world is, you know. I have a lot of guys, a lot of friends and, and people that come into the lodge all the time. These mm -hmm. bass fishermen that are staying at the Fowler's Roost. I'm constantly talking to those guys and, and not so much about bass fishing. I want to know where the carp at. Yep. And these guys know that. And now when they come in, they're like, hey, Jay, we found it. We found a bunch of carp over in such and such a bay. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, how, you know, how many? Well, there might have been 50 or 60 and they were rolling around, you know, on the, yep. okay, perfect. So that's parole evidence. So I'll, I'll take exactly. that, put it in the memory banks, and then and then put it in my arsenal. I might I might run through uh, you know points A through D and and maybe come up short on fish, and I'll remember. Hey, I remember talking to you know <laughs> the guys at the lodge and say, hey, this is where they were. Right. Once I once I remember that and I put that into the put that into the play. I'll, I'll zip down to that bay. Next thing you know, boom, I'm right on fish. Exactly. So you take that parole evidence and you put it into your arsenal and you make it work for you. And, and you've got to try different things. It's another, uh, you know, you don't, you, which, which I like to do. And you move I'll and I'll start out here. And if it's not happening here, I'm going to try here. Yeah, right. And um, if you do that enough, you become successful that's right and you get um, on you get on fish that you can work over exactly you know you you can you can spin you know if you got fish that are unpressured you know you get right. to some of those spots that and we know a couple of spots that pretty much nobody else goes to right. and if you can if you can get in there and you can get on those fish you can spin on them four or five six times exactly before they get irritated right. and start running the lights right. and bugging out on you yep. and and that that makes for uh it makes for a successful night but that's where experience comes in and and you know you know when when they're done um you, you put in enough time on them and you know you might take a fish two or three passes and then you gotta gotta leave them alone you gotta leave right and and then but don't hesitate to try and come back to that spot on the way home if, if it's on the way back you yep. know swing in there again because chances are they'll be they'll be stacked back in there that's right and and it's uh you know like you said, it's a, it's the experience that that puts us on the fish and, and being on the water as much as we are, you know, right. keeps us keeps us active. You know, I, I I do kind of keep track. Um, I would say over the last few years, some years are better than others, but about ninety eight percent success rate on uh, shooting. Uh, that's not on boating a fish. Um, I've had people that shoot a lot of arrows and don't boat fish. Right, right. Hey, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick, uh, the 
like we talked about episode five and Rick Steele, he's talking about, you know, the equipment, the AMS, the PSCs, the muzzies. Yes. But the, the biggest tip that we can bring to the table when it comes to shooting carp, <laughs> shoot low. low. And if you're missing, shoot lower, <laughs> hold low, shoot low, okay. shoot lower. To, to anybody who knows me, that's going to be listening to this. I, notoriously tell people aim uncomfortably low that's right i i I always give them the analogy of uh i i I relate it to shooting long clay birds you know guys will tell me put a school bus lead on it Mm -hmm. and and if you're not hitting the birds push it out till it's uncomfortable then squeeze the trigger just like you said hold so low on that fish that you think there's no way that you're possibly going to hit them and then touch it off let her go let her go well speaking of letting her go uh that is all we have time for today captain glennie thank you very much for being here with me uh thank you for having me uh, absolutely a pleasure and you know we'll be spending some time in the shop here in the next couple days we've got Yes. I don't know if you, you walked by it on the way into the roost here, that the, yeah. the big packages of all the new AMS equipment came right. in today and, uh, and we'll be getting all that dialed in. So join us next time for yet another episode of the Fowler's Roost podcast. I'm Captain Jay and I'm out. If you'd like to listen to more episodes on demand, please visit the Fowler's Roost podcast.podbean.com. For interest in guided hunting or fishing trips with Captain Jay, please visit FrontenacFowlers.com or call 315-406-4763. For lodging accommodations during your stay in the Finger Lakes, visit thefowlersroost.com.